Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and I'm here today to tell you that your brain lies to you. Not maliciously, it thinks it's helping. Which brings us to our question of the day— Why do you stop noticing smells after a while? They're still there. Why does your brain tell you that they're not? The why is actually simple. Experts in biology, psychology, and volatile aroma compound physics, aka the science of smells, all pretty much agree that you stop noticing a smell after a short while because your brain wants to concentrate on scanning for new and potentially hazardous smells. That's because sharp, gross scents may indicate that a dangerous predator is in the area, or that there's a disease at work, or that the thing that you're about to eat should under no circumstances be eaten. But if you stick around a particular scent, your brain figures it's already done warned you about that one, and thus frees up its processing power for logging new scents and changes in scent intensity. This is called olfactory adaptation. 
How your brain accomplishes this type of sensory adaptation is more complicated. When you notice a smell, a molecule of volatile aroma compound, that is a gaseous, smelly thing, has entered your nose. Our nasal passages are lined with somewhere around 10 million neurons. You can think of each of those neurons as a tiny tree designed to pick up on a single type of scent. They have branches called dendrites, each covered in smaller structures that are called cilia and are kind of like leaves going with the tree concept. The cilia are studded with odor receptors. A molecule of whatever kind of scent that neuron tree specializes in sensing can bind to each odor receptor. When that binding happens, it sets off an electrochemical chain reaction. In the end, the neuron sends an electrical impulse through its axon, metaphorically its root, up to the olfactory bulb in your brain. That's the part of your brain that processes scent stimuli and sends the information on to other parts of your brain. Very basically, the more molecules that bind to a given type of scent receptor throughout your nasal passages, the stronger the signal to your brain will be, and the stronger you will perceive the scent to be. But we can adapt to a sense presence within a few breaths. Researchers think that there are a couple of things going on here. First, in those tree-like neurons in your nose, at least one bodily chemical, calcium ions to be specific, plays double duty. It both helps send electrical impulses to the brain and helps stop those electrical impulses. After a few molecules have bound themselves to the scent receptors on the cilia leaves of a given neuron, chemicals from that electrochemical chain reaction start building up in the neuron. Although they usually make impulses happen, their buildup will prevent the neuron from sending further impulses to the brain for a while. The second thing going on here is that there's some kind of feedback loop among your nasal neurons and your olfactory bulb. Researchers aren't precisely sure how it works, but we know it happens because they've conducted experiments where they've exposed only one nostril to a scent. Neurons in the other nostril will start adapting to it. But there are more questions here. How do different scents and different lengths of exposure lead to different adaptations? Why can you never smell your own home the way that other people experience it? The answer science has to give us right now is basically shenanigans? Because the perception of scent isn't just physical, it's psychological. What other parts of your brain do with the scent information that the olfactory bulb sends them absolutely factors in, and in ways that researchers are still trying to suss out. Today's episode was written by me, Weird, and produced by Tyler Klang. I'm supposed to remind you to contain yourself in BrainStuff-themed t-shirts from our online shop at tpublic.com slash brainstuff. And, of course, for lots more on this and other topics that won't fade into the background, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 